Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for being with us. That's right. Both myself and my co-host here, we're both practicing financial advisors. I've been helping people for 30 plus years in this area and uh, been doing this program for 27 years. And yes. enjoy being here with you and glad you are taking some time out of your day to be with us. And we love taking calls, answering questions regarding financial matters, anything financial related. And if you want to have a question for us, you'd like to have a, us answer your question on the air, we'd love to do so. The contact number to join the program is 833-99-WORTH, 833-99-WORTH, and we will get you on. Yes, and let's uh, let's go right to the phones. We're going to start right with the calls today. Let's start off here with Beth. Beth, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hi. Hi, Beth. How are you? Good. <laughs> thanks for good. thanks yes. for joining the yeah. show. What can we do for you? Um, well, so my question is, uh, which is the best uh, 403b plan, and why? Oh. Ah, uh, ah, uh, so I'm glad you called. <laughs> um, my uh, daughter took a job teaching uh, fifth grade two years ago. It's been two years now. Wow, and, two years. Uh, two years. What a rough time to start as a teacher. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Holy crud. Oh, yes. Uh, but she came to me and said, Dad, the, the, these people at school keep telling tell me I need to do this annuity and this, and I had told her before, you know, when you'll be eligible for 403B. And for whatever reason, well, I know it's all, it's all legacy, but if you're, if you work for a school district, by and large, you have a 403B instead of a 401K. And the difference is if you work for a big company or a small company, they have a 401K, the company chooses the provider. You've got a, a list of options. It's payroll deduct and it goes right into the plan. 403B which usually school districts and some and some nonprofits and some hospitals change, they'll say, you go ahead, you can use any of these companies you'd like. And, and they'll give a, you a, they give you like a list of 30. Right. And it has to do with what they call payroll slots, or at least it used to when I was a younger man. And you could choose any of the 30, all right? And then there's another 457. So they all do something similar, but they're all a little bit different. They're all tax-deferred retirement vehicles. That's right. Some are owned. 457s are actually a, um, an asset of the organization. But anyway, we're not going to dig into all of that. But this is, you know, where you can, if you, people have a choice between a 457 and a 401k, depending upon their life situation, if you had a choice between a 403b and a 401k, but you don't, Beth. So tell us no. about yourself. How old are you? Um, I'm 51. Okay. And have you used a 403B in the past? No, I am currently um, setting one up. So that's why I'm asking this question. <laughs> and have you saved in the, I mean, so I presume that you've saved for retirement and other vehicles in the past? Yeah. So I'm using a Roth IRA um, to contribute. Um, and then I have some other savings and a couple other investments. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready now to, you know, getting kids through college and all that. Yeah, and yeah. Our first <laughs> goal, you know about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm this ready. is not I'm atypical, by the way. Catch yeah. Up a bit. yeah. Not yeah, atypical. So. Kids go off to college like, oh no. Okay. Now we got that figured out. Now we got to really focus. And on what's climate. your overall net worth? If we took all your assets, including your home and minus your liabilities, which is everyone you owe, what would your net worth be? Well, I don't owe anything except for a mortgage, okay. um, so that's good. And what's your <laughs> no family loans of any kind? And what, and what do you think that, uh, like, all your investments? What are they worth? Oh Between gosh, you I mean, if spouse. you include my house, yeah, maybe, maybe a million and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, because I live in California, so you know that. And what's the what's the family income? What's the family income? Um, we, our income is about one hundred and seventy. And are you a school teacher? Yes, I am a school okay. teacher, as is my husband. Oh, oh <laughs> God. And does your husband use a 403B? He is also looking at it this year. He's a little younger and came into the profession quite a bit later than I did. So um, we're both kind of looking at it together, and we're going to make some choices, probably different plans. So that's kind of fun as well. <laughs> um, well, I would just – I would. I, you could use the same plan. I would use – I would use – 
the Vanguard plan. If that's an option. If that's an option, and it is on almost yeah. all the options, or I'd use Fidelity, and I would put right. it mostly in what's, the- And what's called a 403B7. Yeah, it's not a 403B, it's a 403B7. Um, okay. The downside of using Fidelity or Vanguard is the person that comes to the lunchroom and buys pizza is not going to talk to you. Um, <laughs> you don't get the free lunch? Is no. that what you're telling me? Yes. Oh, my goodness. My husband manages to get the free lunch and never <laughs> sign up for anything. So okay. you got to talk to him. He's figured it out. Your husband is an <laughs> evil man. <laughs> He's, he, he, he is a teacher at all heart. You know, we, yes. we may not get paid as much, but we know how to get free stuff. We're there we talk. go. Um, so I would use either Fidelity or Vanguard, and I would use the total market for probably 60 to 65% of it. Se- Fifty-one? I'd have more than that. I was going to say I'm fifty-five. I'm a hundred percent. I was uh, going to say my Scott, I was going to say a hundred percent total market. I would. They're just getting started in their four through Bs. How old's your husband? He is forty-nine. Okay, you said the younger. Not that's about the same age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you would. So here's they can always look, look, diversify. Yeah, yeah, and you've got ten plus years, right? And yeah. once the money starts yeah. piling up, then you can diversify. I'd make it easy. I'd put a hundred percent in uh, the Vanguard Total Market. Yep, and that's exactly what I did for my daughter. Like hundred yeah. percent Vanguard Total Market. Don't look at the statements. Don't worry about it. You don't need <laughs> to worry about it. How long is it before you retire? Well, I'm planning to retire at 68. So, sixty-eight. Um, my my husband is re- anyway. We're we're tracking together, but I don't want to touch it till I'm seventy-two. So that's my plan. I don't see a reason that I would have to because I've been in teaching for thirty years. So my stirs, unless California goes belly up, which there's a possibility, is probably okay. You know, not with the so. fiscal responsibility of the okay. current legislature. We're not going to go there, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah we don't I have, know. I'm trying not to think that. That's why I'm here, right? It's it's, it's only the, the <laughs> that's podcast. Why I have is, some cash under my mattress. The podcast is only about sixty minutes. We don't have time to dig into the uh, fiscal crisis <laughs> in the state of California. So um, there's no fiscal crisis. I would do a hundred percent Vanguard total market for the both of you, and remember. You've got 17 years for this to grow. You're interested in the value of it 17 years from now. And even then you're slightly interested because you're not going to spend it all on day one, the day you retire, right? Right. Your life expectancy says that you could live to be, you know, the older you are, the longer you'll live your life expectancy. (laughs) That's how it works. Um, In your 90s, at least one of you will live into your 90s. So the total market vanguard, 100%. Which gives you... Thousands of companies that you own. Large, mid, small, growth, value, pretty much covers the whole. And there's never, if you go back, even before the Great Depression, 1925, last roughly 100 years, there's never been a 15-year period where stocks, equities, have not outperformed bonds. Mm. So when you've got more than 15 years before you plan on retiring, and even then, to Pat's point, you're not spending it all day one. Like, no. It seems to me it makes sense, particularly... At this stage, to start off 100% in growth-oriented. And view your monthly pension from STRS as the bond portion of your portfolio, and this is the equity side of it. So I'd stay there. I'd stay there, you know, given what we know about. Call us in 10 years. God willing, we're both here. Um, yeah. And then, uh, how old will I be in 10 years? years? I, think, I enjoy doing the program. I don't know about the, I'll be 10 more years. <laughs> Holy smokes. Sign me up for 10 years. Sign me up for 10 years. All right, anyway, appreciate Sorry we uh, once again moved the topic off you and onto ourselves, yeah. Beth. <laughs> but it is our show. Yeah. That's so. right. Okay. Thanks. All right, thanks, thanks for, what grade do you teach? Um, I'm a high school teacher. I teach uh, 10th and 11th grade. What subject? English. Wow. And what are you reading right now? What what books are in – do you read the classics or what, what happened – you know, no, uh, I tend to read what's what's you know up and coming. I just read there there, which was a really good um, kind of view of the urban Native American in okay. Oakland. That was actually an excellent read. So, yeah, I kind of just read of this and of that. Right lately, I've been reading about four or three Bs. So. Okay, <laughs> but the kids are this, but the kids aren't reading like uh, the Catcher in the Rye or uh, Huckleberry Finn or anything like that. Do they read any what Wuthering Heights? By the way, I got in a huge argument with my eleventh grade English teacher about the book Wuthering. Heights. And I said to him, Mr. Cody, this is a supermarket soap opera. I don't care when it was written. It is still garbage. (laughs) 
Beth probably appreciated uh, students like you. He told me I didn't have to read the rest of the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, my, so my, my question hair. for you, Beth, is there, there's <laughs> the kind of students like Pat, who was engaged, read the books. What percentage of your students like are just showing up because they know that they have no other option to show up at school and pay no attention and do the absolute minimum to get a C? Well, yeah, you're, you're asking me this I think right after the, distance learning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's no, got to be one of the challenges group. with the, being a professor. I mean, yeah, it, it is. So what is the... I, I don't know what the percentage is. It's a lot of, I, I do a lot of incentivizing like raffles and, you know, buying their, their attention. Um, we're trying, we just changed curriculum. So I do a lot of short stories and try to keep them engaged. Okay. We're going to be doing Kite Runner this year. So okay. keeping, oh. just keeping films, you know, and media, you know, English is changing and we're trying to be current. So that's how I try to, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's only about 10% of the kids that actually come in and go, I can't wait to please Miss Meyer today. Um, <laughs> right? The rest of them, yeah, they come, you know, they're there. I, you know, attendance is okay. And then, like I said, I do a lot of games and raffles to keep them tracking with me because I've got them for 70 minutes. That's a yes, long time. That is a long time. Oh my God. But I thought, with your English teacher, right? <laughs> yeah. But the Kite Runner, I mean, that is a pretty complicated book to understand. So yeah, it, it really is. It's pretty in depth. Yeah. So. Well, there's a new film coming out this year too, so I'm super I don't excited being about that. Complicated, but anyway, I read that book. Oh. Anyway, we appreciate uh, <laughs> first you, of Beth. all what you do uh, for the yes. the kids, uh -huh. and uh, we're gonna get back to financial. <laughs> talk. Let's get back to yes. <laughs> we're way off on a tangent. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gee, Beth. Uh, <laughs> all right. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate the call. It. I couldn't. It, God bless uh, high school teacher. I thought that that's just got to be really difficult. Teaching high school. Have students. you been to a high school class in the last five, ten years to teach a class? No. I've done it four times, five times. I wouldn't last a day. <laughs> Not the whole day. <laughs> Not a day. <laughs> what happened to McLean, the substitute teacher? He's, he's already you gone. Laugh. <laughs> I've gone in to teach personal finance classes to friends of mine that are teachers to uh Sophomores and juniors. It's you know it's interesting, and we'll get back to the phones here in a second. But the the lack of financial education in the education system, I it's bad, it's mind boggling. Like why isn't a a basic home finance class a requirement before you graduate high school? How credit cards work? How how student loans work? Yeah, just my so my daughter. She kind of took a path like I did in high school, which is like, what's the simplest way for me to get through this stuff? And so she took, instead of taking some advanced math class, she took, uh, she's just like bonehead math. Okay. Well, and she, unfortunately, she doesn't <laughs> listen to this show. No, she'll admit that. She'll okay. be the first to admit it. Okay. Yeah. She just didn't, she won the easiest class possible. Uh, but it was on personal finance. And she, she said that was one of her best classes she had in high school. Because it taught her. About money in real life. Yes. How compound interest works and all those. Yes. Yeah. But the, we don't, they don't it's, teach these Compound that. interest is like what they call the 20th wonder of the world or something like that. I never yeah, understood yeah, yeah. why. <laughs> it wasn't quite, it's not that fascinating. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think that's the insurance, life insurance tell yeah. Oh, got it. The uh, Chris Paul Let's go to uh, Quentin in Virginia. Quentin, thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, guys. How are you doing today? Good, thanks, we're good. Thanks for waiting. What can we do for you? Well, good. I'm going to talk about your favorite subject, real estate. Okay. Well, my wife and I, we are migrant uh, from California and moved to Virginia at the beginning of the year. We're both retired. We're both 62. Uh, currently, uh, we have a total month well, income. Of just out of curiosity, why did you, why did you move to Virginia? I mean, a lot of people leave California, well, particularly retirement age. Great question. One, we had already owned a home in Virginia, so we're mortgage-free. Okay. I was the number one Got it. Uh, principal, and after COVID, we decided to hit reset. Okay. Got it. Good. Got it. Got it. So what's your question for us? So, real estate. With the market being the way it is, with interest rates continuing to rise, home prices started to come down more in the buyer's market at the current moment. It, would it be better for us, from an investment standpoint, if we're talking about living in multi-states, to purchase now or wait how, until homes? How are you paying for it? We would pay. Uh, we would have a mortgage. And this, yeah, you, this is create. for a second home for you. 
That would be correct. Okay. So the home you have in Virginia is paid for, right? Correct. And uh, do, you, do you have pension income? Correct. I do. I have a pension. And what's your pension and income? It's about 85000 a year. And are you taking any money from 401ks or IRAs, that sort of thing? No, I am not. Uh, about right under 300000 sitting in those accounts. And, and will you, are you on Social Security or will you receive Social Security as well? No, not until the age of 70. I, was, I worked in Okay, but you're Security eligible so. for Social Security in addition yeah. to this pension. Okay, so t- yes. tell me what the the goal. That's a good of, pension. Tell me what the goal of this second home is. Well, the goal of the second home is to increase our real estate portfolio. It would be a, a space where we could possibly purchase our forever home, so we would be settled, permanently settled. Um, where we are now is 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 a is a residence, but it's more of a income property, more or less. Okay. So I'm trying. So is the plan to buy a second home so you can have two homes? You pop back and forth, or is the plan to buy the ultimate house you want and convert the one in Virginia into a rental? Yes, to okay. purchase a home, we would want forever home, and you want in Virginia. It has already a, the one in Virginia is already a rental. But you're living in it. Correct. And what's so the value of the home in Virginia? Two hundred fifty thousand. And what would be the value of the home that you're purchasing? Uh, about about a half a million. And you have no cash in the bank. No, we do. We have uh, cash in the bank. How much? That um, so we have liquidity. Yes. How much liquidity do you have? Approximately about three hundred, four hundred thousand. Oh, oh, perfect, beautiful. So how much were you, the $500,000 house, how much were you thinking of putting down and how much would you finance? Quite about 30%. And what was your second question? Well, that, that answered the second question. Why would you, why would you finance just 30% of it if it's sitting in the bank? If you've got $300,000 sitting in the bank, I would use all $300,000 of that, the purchase of the new home. All of it. And the reason well, you want to leave some for. He's got $300,000 in his IRA. But that isn't the that I is. I don't have an IRA. That's that's one thing I am missing. I have well, a four fifty seven and the four hundred one. Okay, okay. what's yeah. what's what's in the four fifty seven and four hundred one k is what you said earlier about three hundred, right? Uh, about two hundred, right under two hundred thousand in the four hundred one, and about the four fifty seven round about clocking about eighty thousand. Okay, yeah. so two hundred eighty thousand dollars in what we call qualified money, and three hundred thousand dollars in the bank. So here's how I would approach it: uh, if I would use. Uh, if you wanted the second home, the first thing I would do is determine whether you can afford the second home. and um, Which I think you can. Which I think you can. Um, and I would use all the cash I had, all the available cash I had in the bank, every dime of it, um, and, and take the smallest mortgage. I would possible. disagree. Why? I would, if I were in that situation, I'd want to leave some cash. For- Why? Maybe I need a new car in a year from now. He's got two hundred eighty thousand dollars in. Yeah, but he already has got a his, his pension is already eighty five thousand dollars. How much is he going to want to pull out of his four hundred one k? He can, but he can he can hit that social security, or he can hit social security anytime he wants, either he or his spouse, right? So the idea is the yeah, cost my- of money. The, the higher the cost of money, the lower the price of the house. Yeah. What what is your ultimate question for us? As we're answering all these <laughs> other my things. Question is, my ultimate question would be: We need to create some type of tax shelter because we don't have that currently. So I've kind of they, tax shelters know, don't exist. Tax shelters don't exist. <laughs> no, I, I'm, okay. I'm kind of joking, but I'm not really because the way the the standard deduction is so large now, the vast majority of Americans uh, take a standard deduction; they don't no longer itemize. And if you're in every dollar you pay in interest, I mean, you, you save 20 cents in federal taxes, like you're still out 80 cents. So, so yeah, so that you wouldn't be doing this for tax purposes. So my, my direction would be pay, put as much, leave 50 grand in all the right. bank all or right. whatever, so 250, something. but, but I take it one step further. I would consider selling that house in Virginia after you lived in it two years because it was a rental. I don't know if you should continue to own it as a rental. 
I think that you're actually the cost of money may be, may be so high when you go to purchase a house that you're better off actually selling your existing home right now, getting it to cash, and to go out and find your forever home. That's what I would look mm. at. You're not well, married to this home. How old is the home in Virginia? Well, it, it, it was built in 1947. We remodeled in 2018. We used Airbnb. We made about one year I had for rental. I had a, rent, a tenant who paid a, a whole year in advance. That was a blessing of about 20000 And then the next year we did it on Airbnb, and I made about another 23000 Okay, so it's your thought to spend a little time on this and renting it out to make twenty or twenty-three grand a year? Yes. All right. Well, if you can make if you can make twenty twenty-three grand a year on a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house, then that makes sense. Yeah. Well, he doesn't make that. That's the gross number. And That's Airbnbs, yeah. you're paying for electricity, water, sewage, uh, insurance, property taxes. You're sending gifts to your neighbors that hate you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, house manager. Taking care of house her. manager. I, I would, uh, okay, so that was just a gross number. <laughs> so that's a gross number. I I got to tell you, I, I don't know if I – look, you got enough to retire comfortably. Why saddle yourself with a mortgage? There's no real tax benefit in keeping this uh, rental. I, I would possibly look at selling the Virginia home and just going out and paying cash for the house you want to live and quietly tuck into retirement and just call it a day and not mess with those Airbnb people ever again. And by the way, we rent Airbnbs. My family rents VRBOs, mostly VRBOs. And, right. And, and the, the, you, um, I've got... <laughs> I've got, I've got four kids. My son, actually, his college buddies, they rent. I said, look, this home, we got to take it. No no one out after 10. They have these microphones that can hear and then noise things. And my son says to me, oh, I can identify those in less than 15 minutes. We know how to yeah. muffle them, Dad. And I'm like, we're not muffling <laughs> any microphone in a house I'm renting. <laughs> There's a college student for you. <laughs> well, this is the other thing. We also have investments uh, in equities, and that's about about fifty thousand that we just kind of, okay, you know, invest for yeah. the for the yeah. fun of it, so to speak, and for the long term. Yeah, yeah. So if I were you, if I'd go one of two ways. One is, you know, use two hundred fifty thousand, take a two hundred fifty thousand dollar loan, and buy whatever the home of your dreams. But quite frankly. I would look at selling that Virginia home and paying cash for a new house altogether. And at that point in time, you might be better off. You know, the cost is because you won't have you will, You'll have no mortgage then. No mortgage, and as the cost of money goes up, the home values fall. So, a home that used to be able to—I was just looking at this number—a payment last year at this time, you could buy a six hundred thousand dollar home. Today. You can, for that same monthly mortgage payment on a 30-year note, buys you a $440,000 home, right? That is what's right. 27% uh, decrease in the value of that, of that. Wow. So that is a significant. I don't expect this to slow down anytime soon in this inflationary right. environment. It's going to take a little bit of time to tame this inflation. Um, you know, home builders, the, 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 we've had some of the, you know, the numbers in terms of Home construction starts is just falling off a cliff. This is not the first time we've seen this movie, by the way. So right, and that's what I was thinking. It would be time is on our side to just kind of wait and see how well, this market plays out. As long as you I have cash, as long as you have cash, okay. because you're yeah. like in the same boat as everyone else. If you're borrowing, you only have so much purchase purchasing power. That's why. Look, have you lived in the Virginia house for two years? Yes. Okay. Maybe you sell yep. the Virginia house, do a rent back, lease back for six months or a year, wait it out, and pay cash for a house anywhere in the United States. Scott? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's right. a lot of downside in, in renting right now. So, right. For, you say sell again, then rent it back? Yeah. See if someone will yeah. rent it back to you for six months or a year. Give yourself yeah. then that way you you went to cash and you know there's a little bit of risk there but I don't think that there's a lot so yeah I wouldn't be looking at this as uh, a mortgage of any sort of tax shelter that's just um, 
I mean, it, 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 and I like kind of the argument. If if you like your interest deduction, then maybe you should opt for the highest interest mortgage you can find. Like, if if four percent gives you a good deduction, <laughs> think about ten percent or even a fifteen percent mortgage. You'd have massive write offs on your okay. tax. Think about that. Twenty percent maybe. Okay. Okay, we get the point. <laughs> okay, but we get the point. If you can afford to pay cash, pay cash. And I would not, you know, you're not, go, you're, you're trying to enjoy your retirement. Managing an Airbnb shouldn't be part of that. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Stick around for more All Worth Money Matters. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, or if you're a podcast listener, you haven't gone anywhere. Yes. So we've done this terrestrial thing for what, 27 years. And so the podcast, was, we've been doing it seven or eight years or something like that. Anyway. So we're not, we're one of the few people that is not new to the podcast world. Everyone's got a podcast now. I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of people have podcasts. I actually heard ad on the radio. There's a company promoting itself now to... So you can create your own podcast to get supposed to, somehow you're going to make money. So they're going to sh- <laughs> they're going to show you how a microphone and a computer works. I, I, I'm think, I've heard this. I'm like, okay, and how am I supposed to make money? What's my podcast? I mean, how many podcasts actually make any money? Well, the important thing about a podcast that makes money is that it's I mean, to- like in the entertainment business, there's such. I mean, it's so few people make a living doing it. Yeah. It's yes. like it's like bands. It's like sports. It's like yeah, anything right. that, and those would all be some some form of. It's not like a normal distribution curve. Well, it's not like we make money doing our podcast either. We actually have a studio with a team. <laughs> okay, <laughs> touche. <laughs> well, and uh, in total transparency, it is good for our company brand. That has right. been good for the company over the years. Yes, yes. And we, we, we use this as training tools inside the organization and hopefully to attract clients to our firm. At the end of the day, we're an investment financial planning firm. That You, you get it. Yeah. By the way, on uh, and we put out a lot of content, not just this podcast and radio program, but on our website, we've got guides and blog posts and all kinds of stuff. And anyway, this week, uh, our most recent article is the four-step mid-year financial checkup. So four-step mid-year financial checkup, allworthfinancial.com forward slash articles. And you'll see it right there again. Just four steps to just consider in the middle of the year or make sure you are on track. That's correct. Yeah. So allworthfinancial.com forward slash yes. articles. So, right. hey, Scott. Um, yes. Two weeks ago, I think it was two or three weeks ago, you were talking about your son doing this ride across the United States. Uh, and I was, tell- I was telling my kids about it. <laughs> Our kids grew up together up until they were yeah. friends until what, the fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and then different that's schools. How fr- the whole, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how friends. Yeah. When they're little, you push your, your friends or whoever your parents say are your friends. <laughs> right. Go to yeah. Johnny's house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Your friend's like the guy that has the swimming and pool. And then they get to like middle with. school. They're like, I don't really like Johnny. Yes. And then in high school, they're like, that Johnny kid's a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> so are the parents. <laughs> How can you be friends with those people? <laughs> right. And then you're thinking, you know, you're thinking, Johnny's parents are saying the same thing about us. So. Anyway, Blake, I was I was telling the kids about Blake, your son riding yeah. across, and they're like, Blake's doing what? They're like, that sounds awesome. So what's so he- he's four weeks into a six week bike trip. They started in Savannah, Georgia. They're gonna finish in Santa Monica. He's twenty four. The other leader is a woman who's twenty three, I believe, and they have nine high school kids, unsupported, unsupported. So they have their saddlebags with all their gear and stuff. And they stay, sometimes, every once in a while they camp, but oftentimes they'll stay at a church, like some random church will host all these kids, so they just show up and put their sleeping bags on the floor in some room or whatever, and they sleep there, and 
Um, and like once like every couple of weeks or something, they get to stay at a hotel. Apparently, the heat wave this last week was so hot that it was like 108 degrees or something. It's the southern route they're taking. It was so hot, they said, um, they, I guess they got a call from the home office saying, uh, you guys can stay at a hotel. <laughs> Do they stay during the day and ride at night, or <laughs> they leave uh, be- thirty minutes before sunrise? They'd have to. They got to be done riding early. by like noon, probably. Or yeah, one. but um, how's he going? How's it going? Is he? Has there been any altercations yet between the children? Uh, n- no, but tragically, uh, a week ago, uh, it was a Friday evening. It wasn't his group. There's four different groups. This is a company that does this, sponsor this, and. Um, it was at the end of a 116-mile ride, and uh, this this boy, his saddlebag hit a cone in a construction area. He fell, and a car behind him struck oh, him and killed him. That, oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. So I got a call from Blake saying, hey, this wasn't my group, but. Uh, that is awful. That's terrible. And I tell you, it. Uh, I'm. We're both cyclists, and yeah. and when I graduated uh, from high school, I tried to ride my bike across the United States. I ran out of money. That was the first uh, lesson. But here's in financial what. Here's planning. what. So the you, picture this. There's a dozen cyclists, all with these bags on. They all have these tall orange flags, and wear neon colored shirt. Like, hello, we're here, and. Uh, if I'm driving into a construction area, I'm staying the f- far away from a bunch of teenagers on their bikes as possible. Or any bike. Or any bike. And uh, it's amazing how, and you cycle, how often you get buzzed by a car. They'll come within inches of you. Yeah. The, the, they're actually basically saying, you know, you shouldn't be on the road. That's awful. But, um, yeah, so I, I like, are you guys going to continue? And they decided to continue. Um he said the kids were all, you know, his oh, group was all shooken shot. up hearing yeah. the story and everything. And um, so I actually talked to him a couple of days ago and I said, you glad you're doing this? Absolutely. I'm having a blast. It's like, oh, good for him. Interesting experience. He's, he's going to come back a different kid. You know what? It's really what I think is most fascinating. Is he's, he says his favorite part about it is the interactions he has with people. He says the all the people he's met along the way and how gracious everyone's been and how kind everyone's been. And uh, he, I, he's... He, he didn't like riding to the South because he says it wasn't, wasn't very interesting thing to, to look at, but he said the people were fantastic. Yeah. He was surprised how much he liked Southerners, which was kind really? of Really? Well, he's a... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good for him. I, he will come back a, like... I, yeah, he'll come back changed, won't he? Well, that's why I encouraged him to do this when he said he was thinking about doing it. I'm like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. When, when else in your life are you going to have a chance to do something like this? You're 24 right. years old. Maybe. Big adventure. Before you know it, you're going to have a wife and a mortgage and a kid. And a you said to me, that sound really appealing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone out there that's under the age of 25, you want a little bit of counseling. It's going to get a wife and a kid, <laughs> like a mortgage. Okay. You become a slave you to know the what man. I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Hey, so we're going to do something we call our Money Matters House Call. Um, this is where we check on a caller from several months ago and see how they're how they're doing, essentially. Yes. So uh, this is Mark. We're going to play a tape. Well, it's not tape. <laughs> what, what am I? What am I? Ninety. <laughs> it is a digital formatted recording of Mark. Whatever. We're gonna listen to it. Yeah. And, and this is back at the beginning of April. We spoke to this guy, um, 48, 44 years old, husband. Um, his five kids. Refinance. He refinanced his mortgage and took out a hundred grand with the intent of maybe buying a rental property, but that never happened. And uh, after inflation was happening, he was wondering what was. Um, what he should be yeah, doing. Yeah, and so we're going to play the clip real quick. So value of the home? So value of the home is about 850 And what do you owe with, on it? With the cash out refinance, we only owe 450 And what's the interest rate? 2.875. And how much money do you have in the bank right now? Uh, right 100 now, <laughs> 120 God. 120 it. in Cash. And what do you have cash in money. your retirement plans? 401ks, 457, IRAs, Roth, those sort of things. All of those combined, 150. 150,000. Most of, and that's, uh, well, I should, uh, 115 is in a Roth, in Roth IRAs for my wife and I. Uh-huh. Wow. And 40,000 is in my 401k, and that's taxable. Well, here's, what, uh, here's one thing I would look into. 
I mean, if you're my younger brother, I'd say, why don't you just take the hundred grand and put it back against the mortgage? Um, if they will reamortize the mortgage. So some mortgages will allow right. you to make a lump sum payment on it and then say, okay, I've got 29 years left. Considering I just paid down 25% of the principal, can you now calculate what my new payments are going to be? And so that would say that would. Um, right. I'm not sure if that's an option. Um, one thing I was thinking on that is, I, you know, I have such a large pension coming right at, at age 60, I'll be 35 years worth of service. So, I, I mean, I just feel like I'm so, you know, I, I look at that as the bond portion of my portfolio. So yep. I, I'm willing to be a little bit more risky than the, you know, two, eight, seven, five percent. Well, do you have, on, um, on my mortgage. do you have, um, for the whole concept of borrowing money to invest is, I know. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, do you, but yeah. you're 44. Uh, do you have uh, both the 401k and a 457 available to you? Yes. Yeah. And how much you contribute so on do, an annual basis now? So right now we're fully funding our Roths for 12,000 a year. That's for my wife and I. And I just recently started doing a thousand dollars a month into the. I mean, Roth one thing you could just I'm just throwing it out here. One thing you could do is you can maximize over the next couple of years your contributions to a Roth 401k and 457 to the tune of 50 right. some grand a year and it's going to take 41,000 41, okay it's, yeah 25 you're under 50 20, 000, yeah you're under 50 piece. yeah you're I'm under a, 50 I'm not 50 uh, and and i mean you you could essentially take that 100 grand and within a couple of years have it all inside of a Roth retirement plan right. through your employer and i've and i've thought Part about that, um, I mean, I actually have notes on that because that's one of my ideas was because, you know, right now we're in a fairly low tax bracket, my wife and I. Um, you know, I, one thing I didn't, you guys didn't ask about is what our income is now, which is about 130. But for the last 15 years, it's been about 80 because my wife hadn't been working. Mm. So, um, well, you know, we're used to living on a little bit less and, um, you know, so we also have more income now than we've. So I would, I, I, you know, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go, I, I probably wouldn't have recommended that when you did it, but I'm okay with it now because you're at 2.85. You could go out and buy one year treasuries at two and a quarter. You didn't hurt yourself. You, you obviously have an understanding of the, the risk in the marketplace and over long term. Um, so. If they won't maximize, take, I don't do, think they'll. I don't think they'll reamortize. Thank you. Well. You knew yeah. exactly where I was going to go with that. Yeah. Then maximize. I'm. I'm going to go with Scott on this. Maximize your retirement plan, both of you guys, and whatever that hit you take on your your monthly pay, just slowly start draining yeah. down that that hundred right. grand, and yeah, essentially you're going to take. It enables you to take that hundred thousand and put it all into Roth. Yeah, and then make sure right. that you're. You, you, I assume that you have your. You're planning on paying your home mortgage off in the next 15 years? Or 20? Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully. I okay. mean, it's a, it was a new 30-year loan. Very, so reality. would like to pay he said, off. You're, you're five kids. The oldest yeah. is seven. It's an expensive. It <laughs> I mean, the next decade's yeah. pretty expensive, right? Cars right. and crashes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I just got a I just got a car insurance bill with a with a new uh, point against the record from a teenager. Oh ah. no, kidding. <laughs> Uh, Mark is not an all-worth client. Was simply looking for advice. Mark's with us now. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Hey, Scott and Pat. Thanks for having me back. I thought I was only allowed uh, in every 10 years or so. <laughs> okay. so. Well, we felt sorry for you because you had five kids, or we felt that you were blessed with five kids. <laughs> yeah, we don't know yeah. which. Yeah, depending on the day. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, day. what did you end up doing? So I somewhat split the difference. So I did increase my 401k. 401k contributions, and those are Roth contributions to max that out for this year. So that's $20,500. We already have $12,000 going into uh, Roth IRAs. And then, um, so I I, I haven't been in um, investing in the 457. That's another $20,500 available. But the other thing I did do is I did... You um, bought a boat. <laughs> no, no, but I did buy ten thousand dollars worth of I bonds. Oh, okay, okay. So they're paying a, a pretty good rate. And, yep. Um, the interesting thing on that is uh, for anyone out it there, pays, it pays. Not, it, all, it pays of inflation. 
it pays inflation, but right now it's nine point two three percent. So that's that's pretty nice, at least for the next six months. Yeah, and then, by the way, there's a limit to how much you can individuals can buy an I bond. Yeah. Okay. I, and I'm then, not opposed yeah. to them. I just don't. They're just they're not like it's not liquid. It's not like you can just use it for six months. And what it? And Correct. then what else did you do with the monies or anything else? Did you keep some in cash? Uh, that's it. it the, the rest of it's still sitting in uh-huh. cash. But so that cash position has gone down because of. Uh, you know, I had, I think when I talked to you four months ago, about 120. Now I'm down to about 95. So we've just been living off the off the difference since my paycheck's been reduced. Oh, because of the contribution? Yes. The, yep, yep, contribution. Yeah, so that you're right. playing with it. And then next year you'll reassess whether you should continue yeah. or, or add more. Per, you know something? This this. So is, why didn't you do the 457 as well? The other... Nah, just... I figure maybe this will take me three years to get it in rather than two. So dollar cost average in over a period of time? Yeah, it'll, it'll, yeah. Take, it'll take you longer than that. I mean, it'll take you five years to get 100000 in. Um, well, with the 12000 well, I'm doing about 35000 I mean, the But you were already doing 12000 You were already yeah, doing 12000 that that was That's kind of close on the budget anyway. Okay. okay. So. All right. Fair, that's fair. Let's, let's, so uh, the— uh, what I, I, my, I think my only concern is that— it's down the road. You pulled a hundred grand of extra uh, cash out of your house. Actually, you didn't pull a hundred grand out. You refinanced for more. You used your home as collateral to t- to borrow an extra hundred thousand dollars. My concern right. is that that hundred thousand dollars isn't all intact a few years down the road. That a good chunk of it is, but another chunk went wherever it went. Hence the boat comment. It's the boat, right? Comment, right, but like, no, nothing we're, wrong we're, with the, like we're, you know. we're good with that. We've we've been uh, we've been to, through Dave Ramsey's courses and budgeting, right, right, and right, we're right. we're pretty good with that. Yeah. But um, okay, you know, yeah. we don't purposely spend it, except uh, like we talked on the last call. As you know, I got a year from college, and I have friends asking me, "What are you guys doing for college?" And you know, this money is not earmarked for that. There for is. Sure. Uh, Yes, you know, and many, many kids work their way through college. As did I. Uh, as did I. And yep. even my own kids, even though their, their college uh, was paid for, they all worked in college because I thought that was a major component of actually the college life was the fact that it's just not a you know, fraternity, sorority part, although none of my kids really got into that, but that it was kind of a growth period in your time but by the way i think what you did the decision <laughs> again back to ourselves <laughs> i know this is it so um i think what you did here was it was a great idea which is you're going to try it on slowly and see how it works and that's oftentimes the best way to go about an ultimate strategy is to try it on see yeah, how I it works grant you that. see how it works so appreciate uh yeah, the call. it's difficult to see you know three thousand dollars a month coming out of my paycheck you got the, it yeah but you just need to t- take the money difficult. from your from the savings are you taking the money from the savings yeah and yeah, then look no, at yeah, your 401k it. you see it going in there so it's not like it's disappearing yeah you're putting it in, no, a, just, in a tax deferred vehicle that if you leave to retirement it's going to be tax-free yep mark gets it Yep. Yeah, I know yeah, he is. Yes. reminded him. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Appreciate the call, Appreciate Mark. The Thanks call, for calling Mark. back. And it's like, you know what's interesting, Pat, is uh, it's quite common that people take some of our advice and not all of our advice, right? Yes. And I started thinking, I don't know what it's like getting advice from a financial advisor because I'm in the industry. So I try to think of other things. And I think, like my doctor, do I take all of her advice? Nah, a lot of it, but not all of it. Like, I... <laughs> I take the supplement she tells me to take, but I don't necessarily, my diet's not as good as she'd like it to be. And, um, I think that's probably with most. Uh, and I, I think I asked her, I said, like, I, what, what do you think about, like, just uh, a little bourbon every once in a while? And she said, well, that's just pure poison, isn't it? <laughs> she did say that. <laughs> that's just pure poison. I thought, hey, you got a point. <laughs> I still got like a little bourbon every once in a while, but it's still <laughs> pure poison. You should have never asked her. <laughs> I was just kind of curious. <laughs> <laughs> she probably went home and had a scotch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's anyway, let's uh, we, let's continue on with calls here. We're in the Bay Area talking with Gus. Gus, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Uh, hello there. I've got two questions if you have time. The yes, first sir. one, uh, I've got a brokerage account with one of the large discount firms. I used to have an advisor that helped me make decisions on that, but he left recently. I was wondering what your opinion, pros, cons, efficacy is of those robo-controlled accounts. Well, you here's know. my so as a financial 
as a financial advisor of three decades, I believe the value that I, as a profession, our profession, good financial planners provide, uh, is in the area of financial planning, the tax management, the financial guidance. And I, I believe the portfolio management, that little one piece of it alone is a bit of a commodity. Um, so if all you're looking for is just some, some, someone or some tool to manage your portfolio and you've got everything else covered perfectly, I see no problem with them at all. I disagree. Okay. Well, and the reason I disagree with you, Scott, <laughs> oh, I agree with you on the first part of, look, okay. as a financial advisor, there's lots of things you do above and beyond the managing the portfolio, a lot to do with tax and estate planning and distribution, the kids and the whole psychology around it. What bothered me about most of the robo plans out there is the fact that you had to keep such a large cash balance that paid almost nothing in order for them to. I think that's come down. Schwab just had some big settlement. Uh, That's lack of disclosure. So they appear to be really inexpensive because they had these high cash balances. So you need to make sure that if you're doing a robo-advisor that you understand what part of the portfolio is sitting there to generate the spread and the cash in order to pay for the robo-advisor. Or you're paying some fee for the robo-advisor. Or you're paying for some fee for the robo-advisor. Okay. How much? Uh, how, second one. In, in, uh, is, it, is it an IRA or not in an IRA? No, it's a brokerage. It's not. It's out of retirement. And how much money is in the account? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use a. Uh, I'd use a tax. I'd use some technology so you get some tax efficiency on it. Just look for tax loss harvesting, but I don't know if I would use a robo for that. How much is in the account? Oh, about two fifty, maybe. And do you have embedded gains in there? Uh, yeah, some. Yeah, I would not use a robo. You wouldn't I, want to sell any of this stuff. Yeah, that's the problem. And incur a tax. Yeah, yeah particularly. I mean, what's really important is that is that any is retirement accounts are so easy because there's no tax consideration except when we pull the money out, right? Money that's in brokerage account, outside investments. We always got to look at our our silent partner, the tax man, and say before we make any changes, what tax implications are there and. Is it? Are we willing to pay whatever taxes may be due on this transaction, or are we better off? Are we better off keeping a security that's maybe a B or a B minus or a C plus even because the tax consideration would be so great as opposed to it making it you know, the perfect portfolio? And so the challenge with some robo advice, they're just going to manage your portfolio. They're going to make changes. They're not going to think about what the tax implications are going to be for you. Right. Okay. And second one, real quick, I have a relative that has a very good rate on a primary mortgage, and she's in a little financial trouble with her credit cards, thinking about a HELOC. Are there any warning signs or anything to be aware of that the HELOC may in some way, uh, 40-ish, some way impinge upon the good primary loan she has? Uh, no. no, no, it's second. It would no. be second to that. And how much money does she actually have? How much equity does she have in the house? I'm guessing about two fifty, three hundred thousand. Was there something un- completely un- out of the ordinary, unusual that caused her to rack up the credit card balances, or was it just that she's spending more than she's making? I think that's it. Then yeah, I would not recommend, I would not, if she were my sister, my, I would say, don't bother with the home equity, yeah. figure out how to get those credit cards paid up. Because what we've experienced <laughs> is what ends up happening is people have these credit card balances and they're, they, they're paying the 800 bucks a month, making their minimums on all these credit card balances. Then they get a home equity line of credit or they refinance their mortgage. And that payment goes from 800 to 170 a month. And what ends up happening, three years down the road, their credit cards are now back up again. And so they haven't solved the real problem, which is spending more than you're bringing in. Now they've set themselves up in a worse position because they have the credit card debt like they had before, and now they uh, don't have as much equity in their house. Yeah, and you look at it, you know, probably logically and think, well, you're paying 18% interest on this. You know, you can pay three. And that's logic. 
But they've got. It's some, illogical to have a, a balance you're paying eighteen percent to begin with. That's, There's the, <laughs> that's right. So if unless there was an extraordinary life event that caused them to get into credit card debt, just live them with the, the credit card debt because once a credit card debt gets high enough, they actually curb the spending. They yeah, everyone has this kind of credit card tolerance risk of how much that they will roll on a monthly basis. Mine happens to be zero and has always been zero, but I know people where it's like, oh, as long as I owe less than $5,000 uh, on my credit card, or 15, or I don't 20. really have to worry about it. And once it goes past that- And they're like, oh, I got a curtail of spending. Maybe I won't go out to dinner Friday night with my friends. And they change their behavior. So um, what you gave great financial advice, but unfortunately you gave it to a person um, that, as a, as a human with, uh, with their human own characteristics. Issues. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Appreciate the call, Gus. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have. Um, we are. That's the, uh, I would encourage you to go to allworthfinancial.com and tons of resources, videos, white papers. That sounds exciting. A white paper. <laughs> <laughs> white papers aren't too exciting. <laughs> There's a, a lot of content. Well, it's there. highly educational, just like this program's educational. And, and look, and if if you're kind of curious, if you're on the right track financially, you want to talk to one of our advisors, reach out, and we can schedule time for that as well. Anyway, it's been great being with you. We'll see you next week. This has been Allworth this Financial. This program has been matters. brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.